Hello there. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to take a moment and just offer a warning, or I guess a little bit of a heads up. This episode contains content that might not be suitable for some. Uh, we do advise listener discretion, and I mean it. We touch on some heavy subject matter, and it surrounds grief. And it's the holiday season. Depending on when you're listening to this, that is when we're posting it. So that can have a pretty strong impact on your celebration time. We're really grateful for the chance to share this with you. And we want to thank you for coming along for the ride. As always, if you would please like and subscribe, throw us a comment, follow us on our various social media platforms. We're always, of course, grateful for that as well. Enjoy the episode. Um, but I wanted to discuss with you uh, the level of commitment that I, that I may end up needing to ask from you okay. once the audio drama process starts. Okay. So you may or may not be aware, but I just finished um, the first draft of the pilot okay. episode. Okay. Sharing that with anybody who wants to read it. Yeah. Um, you did, I think you did send it to me. Did I didn't I? get I think you did. I didn't get a chance to read it. I'll be honest. It's Things the Christmas been... season. I don't expect uh, many people well, to. Well, and because we, we, I was still in Talk to Santa and with the thing, this has been, and the holidays and everything else, everyone is grieving. Everyone needs to. I did send it to you on Thursday. Yeah. Um, I will look at it. I just not, I have not gotten a chance to do it. And I apologize. No, 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 no. I listen. I I want to be a part of these projects. It's it's going to be fun and all of that. I'm very busy and things keep exploding. I'm just. I want to do the things. You just have to tell me what I'm supposed to do. I, I respect that. <laughs> uh, so I can add it to my to do list. And I don't have a time frame right now. I don't have an. Actual, right. I'm not going to be able to say on February the fifteenth we're going to. But here's what I'm looking for. So before I dive into that, um, I want to offer my condolences. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I, I didn't know Jess very well. So I I'm loved in the same her. Boat. I loved her. <laughs> I loved her very, very much. She's a wonderful, wonderful person. But the Rat Pack um, crew, the Gas Pipe crew, they were intimately they were Intimately friendly. Um, they were. Uh, they're a, they're a crew, and we are now missing one. And. Some people, this might be interesting to talk about, um, some people are, everybody deals with grief differently. Mm-hmm. And I personally have had a lot of intimate experiences with death. I look at death differently than most people. And you mind unpacking that a little bit? Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> okay, sure. There's a lot. This is, this is heavy. Um, I, I'm well rested. I have watched... Both my grandparents take their last breath. I was in the room. Um, they died in our home. And from that very moment, like those moments there were some of the most intense moments of my life and transformative in, in how you deal with death. Mm-hmm. Um, I helped the coroner clean body. Um, and I, got, I went through the possessions. I did all of I helped with all of that. What age were you at that time? Uh, like adolescent, teenager? I was in high school when Pappy passed. Yeah, it was my senior year because it was like the, the week of my musical that I was in. Oh, man. And I had to think about it in the way where, or it was like briefly before or something like that. It was in the winter. And I thought to myself, oh, he's got the best seat in the house. He's going to see that I Aww. did it. 
And then, and same thing with graduation then that year. Um, and Memi passed when I was a freshman in college over Christmas break. Oh man. Um, the holidays suck for me, dude. Yeah, no kidding. Oh no, this is the kicker. This is the kicker. My mother passed away suddenly Christmas night. She was 51. Wow. A massive heart attack. Nothing was wrong out of, you know, the normal things that she did. Sure. She had. Um, she had a massive heart attack and died in her sleep Christmas night. Okay. So I am intimately aware of the grief process. Yeah, no all right. Um, I have been through enough with this. And, and it doesn't stop. It doesn't anyone. stop. But here's the thing. I, my goal is I want to get my certifications to be a death doula. Okay. Much like a birth doula, which, by the way, I also had some trial by fire with. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. So this is these are those are three experiences. There's another one. There's a fourth one. Okay. A friend of mine was expecting twins. She wanted me to be her birth doula, and I was like, "Great! I don't know what that is, but I'm going to figure it out." So I read about it. I'm like, "Okay, I'm the spiritual uh, helper. I am the emotional helper. I am the." The one to help through the process. Right. One of the babies... Oh, no. ...passed. So I had to be both instantly. It, within an hour, I had to run down and be with this family who not only had a newborn, but had to grieve the loss of the baby. And... Um, and it was at Christmas time. It was the, oh they were, goodness. they were, I forget what, I forget what Reese's birthday is. And I feel terrible that I forget when her, when his birthday is, but I, I cooked Christmas dinner. My husband, my ex-husband and I, he was my husband at the time. We cooked Christmas dinner for them. We did their dishes. We did their laundry. We did, we did the household things so they could just grieve. And that is such a calling for me, and I didn't realize it. But it's happened so many times that now that I'm, a, I'm an ordained minister, I realize that that's my calling, is okay. dealing with, with the passing of someone or the birth of someone. Less so the birth, but the death thing. Because it's something that I've experienced so much that... I feel as though it's it's my calling to help with that process. I to feel that you're capable of doing that is, is, I mean, the weight of that situation is so enormous, emotionally. I know, I, which is why I'm, which is why when this stuff happens, I, I'm like, let me in, let me take care of the things that you can't do yourself right now because you are just overwhelmed. Like it's the oh, I'm tapping on the table. It's. Um, I'm shaking. It's doing the dishes. It's making sure the laundry's done. It's making sure that you have the paperwork you need when you go to the funeral home. Yeah. It's the checklist of what you need to handle that stuff. I got you. And it's so hard for people to let someone in to do that sort of thing. I too. just like, let me help you. And yeah. you know what? I'll be your person to keep you focused when you need to be. And then if you need to stop and cry while we're going through clothes or we're going through pictures or something, 
Let me hold you during that process too. It's a call. I'm sitting here shaking. I'm sitting here shaking and like on the verge of tears. Yeah. This is the process. I am, I feel like this is my calling. So that's my, that's my next steps. I have some goals. Okay. Um, there are certifications for it. Wow. Really? Yes, there are. Um, there are different certifications for it. So if anybody wants to like, hang on a second, cause we're going to have to cut this whole spot out because that's going to be in the background and there's no way to strip that sound out, Yeah. <laughs> which she doesn't know. So that's fine. Uh, um, or we'll just deal with the fact that there's a vacuum running in the background. Nobody yeah. said this was a professional nah, right. outfit. No. And we'll find some better. I want to find a, a good spot for us. Yeah. I think the attic might be good. Yeah. We'll give that a shot. We'll, at some point. we'll give it a shot sometime. It's not heated. But I can absolutely bring a little heater up there, or I want to make that that. Well, it's place. also the, the top of the house, right? So heat rises. Yes. Well, and there's a vent up there. Okay. I can just turn it on. There you go. And I can get another one, another little space heater up there just to, for shits and giggles. Yeah. So fair disclaimer: no one has ever claimed that this is a professional outfit. No. Furthermore, um, no. We are aware of the background noise and the echoing, and and we're soldiering on anyway to bring you content. So enjoy it. <laughs> So, oh, you kept recording. I didn't realize oh, yeah. I thought you did. No, because <clears throat> the, the big downside from this is if I stop recording, I can't pick back up where we... Where we left off yeah. in, in the conversation. So we're just going to keep all this in the background. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I don't know what to, to say. That That's... That's what I, that's my, my, my deal now. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, I think that's a beautiful thing. I mean... To feel as though you can take that on, like I said, was so enormous. Um, I, the, the gravity of that sort of thing, of, of taking on that burden is, is ridiculous. And I've, been, I've had a, a bit of experience with death, not quite as intimate as you have, but by the time I was 12 years old, I was all out of grandparents. Well, yeah, I mean, I've and lost then, some grandparents, but... And then, uh, so my, my father was born July 5th and passed away July 7th. Uh-huh. Uh, so he celebrated his 44th birthday. Right. Um, my dad was, there's a song by a band called Shinedown, one of my favorite bands ever. Uh -huh. uh, actually just got to go see them over the summer uh, okay. for the first time. Quite the experience. But anyway, they have a song called What a Shame. Mm -hmm. And they describe the person that they're telling the story about. Uh, two packs of cigarettes a day, mm -hmm. the strongest whiskey Kentucky can make. Yeah. Uh, that's, that was my dad. That was uh my first drink came from him. He uh, offered me some of his Windsor and 7-Up. And, um, and I downed the entire thing. And I was like 10, 11, something like that. He's like, oh, boys of whiskey band. Don't ever do that again. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, so he celebrated his birthday the best way that he knew how. Got completely pissed drunk. Um, hung out, hanging out with his friends. Came home, slept it off. But uh, two mornings later, um, and I still, I remember the entire thing extremely vividly and I'm not going to go into the whole shebang here, but, <laughs> right. uh, I remember my mom waking me up by screaming my name. Yeah. Uh, I'd never before in my life gone from asleep to standing up so fast. Uh, like, yeah. I don't remember the we'll, getting up part. We'll, ta we'll talk <laughs> about that. Cause like, I want to talk about that too. Since uh, okay. that, like with my mother. Okay. We'll yeah. talk about that experience. So from, from dead asleep to standing and running toward the bedroom. Um, and it was really strange because, uh, I instantaneously became the person handling the crisis when it should have been her. Right, and, right. And I was 15. Um, but she, she told me he wouldn't wake up. She, she didn't know what to do. And she's asking me for help. And somehow I knew what to do. Right, um, right. I, I asked her a couple of questions. I called 911. I sent her downstairs because I couldn't have her in hysterics in the room with me. 
uh, while I was on the phone. I didn't know what to say to them at the time. Right. Now, this took years for me to get to this point because I blamed myself for a long time. You blame I, yourself for what? Well, so I'm going to explain. So I'm, even to this day, I've always been a huge lover uh, of random facts. Okay. And all of the useless shit that I know, one of the things that I didn't know was CPR. And I kicked myself for that. How did I not know CPR? How did I not know some basic life-saving? Even at 15, because of the kind of person that I was, this is the type of things that people most likely would have expected me to know. And then no. I, no, 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 no. Again, specifically because of who I was. Right, okay. Not because of any other standard other than that's just one of those things that, that like, I should have fucking known. You, you th that you think you should have, for some reason, gone into and learned. Just... Because just I would have liked to have known it. Yeah. Exactly. Just, yeah. So didn't know CPR, didn't know any basic life-saving techniques whatsoever, despite my interest in that, in random things. So I tried to wake him up, shook him a whole bunch, and all I could hear was, uh, again, knowing now, was the air leaving his lungs. It sounded like maybe he was choking on his tongue or something like that. Right. So, like, shook him, shook him, shook him, wouldn't respond. I was like, all right, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you as hard as I can across the face. And I did. I slapped him a couple of times to try to get him to respond. But I you didn't know. But I didn't know what to tell the paramedics. Right. So I just said that he was unresponsive. So they took their sweet-ass time getting there. Right. Now, my brother-in-law at the time was a paramedic, did arrive sooner than they did, sent me out of the room and started the process of trying to get him to respond. Right. He explained to me later that when we discovered him, he had been gone for hours. He had a massive heart attack in his sleep. When my mom woke up and discovered him non-responsive, he had already been gone for hours. Okay, yeah. When yeah. the paramedics were arrived, the blood had pulled to the bottom of his body, so he was all blue and purple underneath. Right. I didn't turn him over, so I didn't know that. And even if I had, I may not have understood it. Right. So again, he was like already gone. He had been gone, gone. Like oxygen, brain deprived of oxygen, four hours gone. Right. Right. So, so there was no nothing you could do. But for years, like I didn't know that. Right. Now I'm in a little bit of a better place to talk about it and to be okay about it because I understand that like by the time I was awoken, there was absolutely nothing in Correct. this world that I could have possibly done to save him. Correct. But at that time... You didn't know. Exactly. And Ma everybody was so worried about mom's grief and what we were going to do. And, and, and everybody was so worried about themselves that there was nobody who came to me to try and talk me through it. So it literally traumatized me. Right. It definitely shaped the kind of person that I am. And I think that that event made it so that I am capable of handling crisis situations. Exactly. Exactly. Um, no, so thankful for it. <clears throat> You're right. Sorry, I had a clear throat. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm thankful for it in that regard. But, um, and then that year, my, my birthday is actually the beginning of August. Right. It was my 16th. Right. And uh, my mom actually wasn't there. Right. She was trying to take care of herself. She went to the beach with some friends. Oh. And left me behind with my older sister. Right. Uh, so, like, there was not a celebration for me that year. Right. Um, at least from them. Uh, I had an ex-girlfriend who I was still friends with. Uh, going back earlier to Burning Bridges. I was still friends with her. Um, she invited me over to her house because she knew what we were going through and everything. And the fact that there wasn't going to be a celebration for me. She had a gift and a cake waiting for me. Mm -hmm. And it was, to, I mean, to this day, it's one of the most beautiful uh, examples of what friendship can be to me is what she did for me that year. Uh, but I'm also still a little bit bitter about the fact that like, I get it why mom was so wrapped up in her grief. And like, I remember her saying to him in the hospital after they did everything that they could do and came in and let us know, like we pronounced them dead. Like she's like yelling at him, like we were supposed to grow old together. And like she was, so she was feeling very cheated and, and was yeah, in she reached, of pain. Yeah, she reached, because, <clears throat> excuse me, grief, 
they talk about the five cycles of grief, or what is it, the five five like stages. Um, but there's seven or seven yeah. or something like that. There were yeah, and 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 this is why I want to learn more about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of books on it that I intend on on exploring. Um, you hit those. You don't go in order. No, certainly not. You certainly you don't go in order, and you don't. They don't go one at a time. Okay. Um, uh, like for for everybody is different, and like okay, here are your seven stages. Um, okay, we can go from anger to bargaining to to acceptance to anger to back and forth. And you can go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth for years to get through something that's traumatic like that. Um, and I, because I was in such a shock. Now, do you do you want me to share this whole story? Absolutely. Okay, so I'll explain what happened with my mom because it is the most traumatic thing that I've probably been through. Um, So Christmas night, um, we had a wonderful Christmas, and I'm so, so thankful for that. Um, Everything was fine. We had dinner. We were snuggling on her bed at night, like late at night. We were watching something stupid, some fucking made for... Yeah, some (laughs) some ridiculous Hallmark bullshit that she absolutely (laughs) loved more than anything. And she's like, oh, they're going to get together. And we're snuggling in bed. And I said, Mom, things aren't going well in my marriage. I think we're going to get a divorce. And she's like, oh, why don't you come and stay with us? We'll we'll figure it out. Are you okay? You know, of course, all of the things that moms would do. Of course. And she died at two o'clock in the morning. My dad was laying right next to her Mm -hmm. and had no idea. Now my dad never stirred my mom because she was on medications. She was 51, but she was on some pretty heavy painkillers. She was a, she had degenerative arthritis and lots of knee surgeries. Um, so she, it was just, she was born with a lemon. I really believe that. Like, if, <laughs> if, your, body, if your body was a car, <laughs> my mother was born with a lemon. Okay. It just, it, everything was fucking wrong with it. Um, and she suffered a lot, but like, she was active. She did things. She was developing recipes for a, a restaurant down in my area with this, uh, with the restaurant owner. She was, because they were opening a new place. She was an amazing cook and she did all these crazy things. And she just put herself out there and she was, um, she was actually working on a bread recipe at the time for this restaurant. Um, but she passed away in the middle of the night and because she was on such heavy painkillers, my dad didn't stir her. He never like nudged her to wake her up to kiss her good morning or whatever. Right. Cause she would wake up kind of terrified Oh. cause she was in such a dead sleep. Oh, okay. So instead of waking her. He was going to go up to the mountain and scout the mountain for hunting seasons because he always did. He was a big outdoorsman. He never stirred her. She was dead in bed mm-hmm. since two in the morning. She was already gone and right. he had no idea. He went up to the mountain and got a call at nine o'clock from the restaurant owner the day after Christmas saying, hey, my Tracy didn't come in. That doesn't sound like her and I can't get a hold of her. Then my dad tried to call, nothing. Dad came home and obviously found her. The call came in roughly nine something. I don't remember what time it was, maybe 9.36 or I don't remember what the time was. 
I was sleeping in a separate bed because I was going through the divorce mm-hmm. um, in a cot in another room, which is fine. Other reasons. Um, that's a tangent. <clears throat> but I was sleeping in another room and I answered the phone and I heard my dad and um, I, I, I pulled the phone off, like off the bed, kind of like I was like this. Because I had my phone, like, uh, like this, this is radio, I had, or this is audio. I was leaned down on the side of the bed mm-hmm. to grab my phone, and I answered it. And I heard him crying, and he, he said that mom was gone. And there are times that if I just do that out of, like, because my phone is sitting on the same side of the bed, those kinds of, like, the repetitive action. Right. I can hear myself screaming. Oh, no. I can still hear it sometimes. Um, so, especially if it's dad that calls me in the morning. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's the worst. Um, and I'm getting very emotional, but, like, that's, that's still there. And I remember, all I, all I could do was I just kept screaming. And I was, I called my, my husband at the time and I told him and I called another friend and I just, I couldn't stop screaming. I was screaming in the shower. I was, because I was trying to get a shower to go, go to see my dad and and of course do the whole thing. And I just, I I don't even remember most of the drive down because it was like an hour to get down to my my family or 45 minutes or so and I I all I can think the entire way is will you fucking drive faster will you fucking drive faster because I there, I was in no position to drive oh certainly not none whatsoever and my my husband was very very stoic he's a stoic kind of guy no emotion I'm like I he, he knew that I, there was no fucking way I would have wrecked the car True. I know I would have and I got down there and she was still there. Oh man. She was still there and she was cold and it looked like she was sleeping. It looked like there was nothing wrong. She just she her blankets were still put up to her neck to her chin like it always was. And um she just looked like she was sleeping, but I touched her face and she was so cold. And I laid next to her for a little bit and attended the table again. Um, but I helped with everything that happened. Like every time the corner, the, the corner or the funeral director that we always go with when somebody dies, like... <laughs> Isn't it weird how families have like a go-to we, guy? We got a guy. <laughs> Everybody's got a guy. And, and this is a family friend for years and years and years. I went to school with one of the, the, the kids in the family. Sure. So we, we, we call him up and oh, it pisses me off. Oh my God, our house. I love our house. But it's so frustrating because I've lost three people and Every single time, the ambulance never knows how to get a fucking gurney down our hallway. (laughs) Oh my god, it's not. I don't know how hard it is, but like 
That is the single most, the thing that, that sends me into a fury is watching them try and get the gurney down the fucking hallway. And I'm like, I don't know why it infuriates me so, but it does. Well, it seems like they should, they're the <laughs> professionals, right? They should well, know no, how to operate this I fucking know, thing. I, and and it, it is such a, it's such a stupid thing, but like when you're grieving, that's mm-hmm. like something that it, it is always vivid every time that oh, that sure. has happened in my home. Because it's <laughs> happened three times that I, when I have been there. In the same building. Same home. The energy my, in that home must be so uh, heavy. Well, yes and no. Um, uh, Yes, but uh, because it was my grandfather, my grandmother, and then my mother. Right. Same room, too. Wow. Same room. We talk about paranormal shit sometime. (laughs) Oh, yes. Our house has shit. (laughs) And uh, it's, it's always been that room. So they get the gurney, and the, the funeral director comes in, and, like, I'm helping bathe her. I'm helping wash her. I'm helping to undress and get her ready to go. And everything like that. And changing the sheets and um, trying to go through clothes and pick up her medications for the doctors. Because like when the ambulance people come, they usually take all that stuff with them. Do they? For heavy narcotics and things like that, yes. And she was on some pretty heavy medications. They usually try and take all of her meds so that people can't sell them and shit like that. That's or like, take them. Or take or take them themselves. Um, that's pretty standard procedure. Um, but then, what I didn't know, and this is another part of the process that I want to be able to help people with, is Jesus Christ. What ne- what's next? Right. Like. Okay, you need to start going through personal possessions. You need to start doing the final funeral arrangements. You need to get in touch with the Social Security Administration. You need to get in there's like there are there should be like a death checklist. Yeah. There should be and then at the same time having someone to take care of the daily activities that are Suddenly stopped. Suddenly stopped because you don't, your whole world just broke apart. Right. And there's this, this void. Um, and there's, there's hard times that happen through that process and you need someone there sometimes. Because I know I was going through my mother, my mother, my mother was a beautician. So she had lots of uh, like beauty supplies. What the hell didn't she do? She did everything. <laughs> oh my God. My mom, my mom was a cafeteria lady. So she was an amazing cook. Um, she was a hairstylist for 25 years or so. Um, she would, like, I, I could go to the ends of the earth talking about my, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, and my mother. Yeah. Those women were, oh, God. If I, it, it, and my grandmother is still with us, but her mind is, ah. her mind is slipping. If you don't mind me saying, I mean, I know, you know, nature versus nurture or whatever, we, that's a whole different conversation. But right. it seems like at, at this point in this conversation... There's no surprise to me whatsoever where your drive to have your fingers in so many different projects and yeah. so many different things is influenced by. Oh, yeah. Yes, it could come totally organically from just the way that you've lived your life, but it's always fun to see and to learn when it's, when it's a family tradition oh, to yeah. be into every fucking thing. Well, yeah, and, and, we're, just, and we're also balls to the wall about it, too. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no, like, oh, I just kind of go to this meeting and that meeting. My mom's like, no, I have 300 things to make for this. Because I run it, because and they all I, expect me because, to do it. Because I, no, and not even that. It's because... 
because it'll make them happy. Oh, uh, okay. That's how she was. It's like, I'm going to make Christmas gifts for everybody. Oh, my God, Christmas. And, that, <laughs> and again, it's the, it's the holidays. Right. God, why is it always the fucking holidays? They suck. They suck. They suck. They suck. Anyway, so like back to what I'm saying, um, when you're going through the possessions and things like that, I had those moments. There are a couple of moments that I know that that's where grief just kind of, it was like a pressure cooker. Sure. I went, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, not okay, not okay, not okay, not okay, 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 not okay, and it, it just did that. Yeah. And I was going through her, her beauty supplies, and I would, I stepped away, and then I walked through a hallway that I could smell her perfume, mm. and I dropped to my knees. I didn't know what to do. Like, white musk, if anybody has white musk on, I, I'm like, mom, mom? Mom, um, uh, stuff like that, and um, oh, because she was a beautician, I never let anyone touch my hair, ever. No one ever cut my hair before. Oh man! So, six months after she died, I was in the CVS parking lot in Danville and realized I needed to have a haircut, and I lost my mind. I called my dad in a complete panic because I realized I didn't have anybody to cut my hair anymore and I didn't know what to do. So like losing the, losing a parent early, you're like, I have so many dumb questions to ask you yet. You're yeah. not allowed. I can't who's gonna who's gonna let who's gonna accept my call when I've done something real, real dumb and it's like not even like got into trouble. It's like, mom, you're not going to believe what the fuck I just did. Because <laughs> there are times like when I'm in the kitchen because of the cooking thing. Right. If I do something dumb, I swear to God, I can hear her laughing. <laughs> like, okay. you dumbass. <laughs> and it's a shame because we got, my, my relationship with my mother was strained because of the food thing. Mm. Because I had an eating disorder uh, that yeah. I was fighting, and she, and and that's a whole other that's a whole other thing. Like, was that difficult for her to conceptualize? That's a, we'll have to talk about eating disorders if you want to. Oh hell yes, we will. I would be talk willing to talk about my personal experiences when it comes to eating disorders, um, because that's that's a cross I'm dying on right now. <laughs> like I'm having a heart. I'm, I am I am on the struggle bus when it comes to eating disorders and my relationship with food is complicated because of those three women, actually. Okay. Um, I had a, a nasty trifecta when it came to, like, at least two of them when it came to disorder eating. So, like, we'll talk about that, too. And right now, I'm just, I'm remembering all of the good things. Right. And the things that were special to me. Well, and you made a point about how, so when you, um, when something dumb happens and you want to have that person to call or when there were yeah. so many questions that you still had left to ask. So. Right. To relate to that a little bit, I was 15 when my father died, and I'm a man in America. Right. So no one had taught me how to shave. Oh. I had only yeah. just started learning how to drive. Yep. I did. Now my dad was not. I. I feel that it's necessary for anybody who knows this story for me to preface what I'm about to say with this. I love my father deeply. Right. And I think that at his core, he was a very good man with very good intentions. My dad also was the type of man who very much so loved to enjoy his life. 
and sometimes didn't worry so much about the consequences of that decision, mm-hmm. which is why I have seven half-siblings who live halfway across the country oh, okay. who, I, who I only just started talking to again um, over social media, which is why a certain a brand of cigarette, when I smell the smoke from that, immediately takes me back to him. Right. Um, but yeah, so had to kind of teach myself how to shave, didn't have anybody to talk to about how do I handle this with this woman, mm-hmm. with a girl. Because right. talking to my mom, my mom was now working constantly. And it wasn't super comfortable to have those conversations with her. Mm-hmm. So I very much, so, like I kind of had to learn on my own, which means I made some big mistakes with it. Right. Um, and, and part of me, I, I, I adore my life. I adore my significant other. My children are my world. Right. Part of me really thinks my life may have been completely different had I had my father to be there to be like, hey, dumbass, yeah. try not having a kid at 19. Right. You know, make, maybe be a little bit more careful than that. Right, right. Um, so I well, certainly... And you had... And I apologize. Like, I'm sitting here talking about, oh, my problems. But, like, no. you had... That's, like, that's... Losing somebody so young is even more... Ha-ha! <laughs> my phone is ringing. <laughs> Just get this. <laughs> yep, that's me right there. That's me. Let me double back on what you were talking about. So you had mentioned about how, yeah, losing somebody so young can be difficult. I, I will say that as difficult as it was, and I'm very much a bright side, silver linings kind of guy. So maybe it's got to do with my perspective on life that I look at it like this now. But um some of the things that shaped me as a person came out of that situation oh, absolutely. In, in, in the best ways possible. Yep. So, and sometimes in the worst ways possible. Sure. Like I get it. Like I, I totally I can, get it. I am the person, like I will volunteer to walk. How do they say that about like emergency responders? Most people will run away from danger. The few will walk headfirst into it. Right. I'm that guy. Yeah. As, as long as I'm sure my family is safe. And especially if it means I have to keep my family, whether chosen or biological safe, I will walk headfirst into danger. And I think my ability to compartmentalize and do that, that was the day that I learned how to compartmentalize without ever realizing it. Uh-huh. I didn't have a word for it until right. over the last year or two. Yeah. But I've been compartmentalizing trauma from that point forward my entire life. And, uh, and so, yeah, there were some very difficult things about it. But um, the thing that I think really fucks me up more than anything else is that he was one of the most excited people to be a grandparent. Mm-hmm. My older sister had two children before he passed, was pregnant with a third when he passed. And the way that he interacted with them, um, I think if I am sad about his passing that early for anything, it's, it's mostly that he never got to meet my kids. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's a big part for me too, is that, um, yeah, my, my, mar- my first marriage did not work out, um, obviously, but we're still friends. We're still good. You know, we don't talk often, but we're fine. And um, I have gotten to see the world. Um, I have a beautiful home that I'm very, very proud of. Um, I have a good job with enough money to sustain sustain myself. Mm -hmm. There are times that I sit and I think, God, I wish mom was here to see that I made it. Right. That I'm okay. That not only am I okay, but I feel like in some ways I'm thriving. Um, and I, that it wasn't, it didn't destroy me. The divorce didn't destroy me. I didn't, I, I, I didn't lose, I didn't finish losing the weight that I wanted to from the surgery. 
but I'm working on that and that's a whole other issue mm-hmm. and a lot of it is because she passed like I stopped losing I, oh, yeah. I stopped like everything went I, I went from like oh you know I'm losing maybe a pound or two a, like a week because of the surgery to nothing like my like it was just it's amazing what the body does to kind of like survival mode oh yeah we'll talk about all that kind of stuff when we get into the eating <laughs> sort sure of stuff um, but like I want, I want her, I wanted her so bad. She would have loved my current partner. She would have loved him. Um, well, I mean, it's unfair. It's impossible not to love him. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I got a good one. <laughs> sure I did. do. I do. I'm so incredibly happy. And like, she would have adored him. Absolutely. And like I, I could just see it. She would have, you know, get got after, pinched his butt, and fed him, and 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 messed with him, and and he would have messed with her, and came in with goofy masks, and she would have, you know, giggled and laughed, and like she would have, she would have been so happy for me. And I know in like the afterlife stuff is weird. That's a good way to put it. I don't quite. I don't quite know what happens. I want to believe in certain things. I want to believe that she knows. Mm-hmm. I want to believe that somewhere she knows that I made it, but I wish she would have been here to see it, that I, I'm, I'm a grown-up, or at least I try to be most of the time. <laughs> I really try. <laughs> it's, it's one level of peace to be able to accept that maybe on some level they can see what's happened and... Yeah. And have a reaction to it. It's a whole other situation to get to see that for exactly. Yourself. I want to. I wanted to. See, I would love to see her reaction when I would bring Ben home the first time, <laughs> and she would have. She would have scoured the internet for goofy costumes for him. I know she would have. <laughs> she would have treated him like her own paper doll. I know okay. it. She would have helped with his drag outfits. She would have helped with all of it. I know it because that's just who she was and she would have fed his ass every time and he, uh, I mean, <coughs> they would have gotten along thick as thieves. I know it. Um, and that hurts. Uh, and then to be fair, my, my, my ex-husband and my mom got along just fine too. They, they had their own little schemes that they got after. Sure. Um, but my mom had little schemes they got after with everybody. She always had, she always found something to be like, hey, we should do this. I know you're into this and I'm down. Like she was all about, she loved to, she went swimming with a lot of uh, older ladies because she had the arthritis so bad. She went to the pool, the YMCA a lot. Mm, So she started teaching like the arthritis pool classes and she would run around with these old ladies, even though they were, you know, a lot of them 20, 30 years older than her. Right. And she'd run around, but she, her body was so broken, she was right along with them. Uh, <laughs> you know, she was more able-bodied than some of them, but like, yeah, you know. They, they right? could commiserate. They could commiserate on nothing Nothing in my body works. So, um, <laughs> she would run around with these old ladies and she'd go and go to dinner with them. And she, she, she they went to Florida with them. <laughs> I gave, I gave her, um. I gave her a one of for their twenty fifth anniversary wedding anniversary. My hus- my ex husband and I had a timeshare type thing, and we gave them one of our vacations, and they went to Disney with it. Nice. And I'm so and she had a ball, 
and they were running around with those scooters and these <laughs> old ladies, like a little fleet of. <laughs> I love it. Oh my! And then my dad, my dad, and all of the husbands had to chase after them. <laughs> oh my god! And again, my mother wasn't old. Both of my both my parents were fifty one. Right. So they weren't old. Fifty like, is the new thirty. So they did all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what the point was anymore, but like that was that was how my mom was, and the holidays were hers, and we lost so many people over the holidays, and it sucks. Isn't this that, year is this year is terrible. That impact, because you know what? I hate to say it, my dad was the same way. He was the glue that held the big kind of celebrations together. I feel right. fortunate that I got with with Carrie and, and we have a whole big gathering that we go to now because I feel like if I didn't have that, I might be a little lost. But I absolutely have lost touch with some family members that otherwise, I mean, he's rolling over in his grave over it, right? That's right. That, that, that's exactly how I feel about it. Right. And I get, uh, so my dad was one of my biggest supporters of my, uh, we'll call them extracurriculars. This podcast, he would, he would never shut up about it. Um, I'll yeah. never forget that uh, I used to do these hand-drawn, really terrible little comics they were one page long and they were called Super Chicken and it was about a, a drumstick that only had a little chicken left up on the top and okay. was a, uh, he had a cape and uh, <laughs> he had superheated grease laser vision and could fly and his sidekick was Chicken Nugget and they, their arch nemesis was uh, Sprinkle Donut and Donut Hole. <laughs> just the silliness of... Yeah, so, and, and they were all black and white. I never colored them in and I just had some adventures that he went on. Sure. And I, so I'd be really excited to bring them down and show them to him. And um, so I'll never forget that one day, it was warm, probably summertime. Uh, I, I came outside, he was on the front porch smoking. I came outside, there were a couple of people on the porch and I showed him the newest comic because he'd always read them. And when the newspaper carrier came up or the mail carrier came up to hand us our mail, uh, he got their attention and said, remember this name because my son's going to be famous. Look at this. Aww. And like whenever I would sing, he was always a huge, he, oh, he absolutely yeah. adored listening to Oh, that. yeah. Made sure that I was able to get in and sing karaoke at a bar even though I was way underage. <laughs> uh, he, he took me in so I could do that. And like... For, I've had plays go up on stage that I wrote, and I have characters in graphic novels that I've put together that are, I've got pieces of that art hung up on my wall. Right. That'll, that'll be making it for me. Right. right? Is when, and this podcast and the audio dramas that I'm writing and that we're going to try to produce right. and like right. all of these things that I'm working on. It's just unfair that he'll never get to see them. Right. Because he believed in me more than anybody else that I've encountered since. Other than maybe Carrie, who really, like, all joking aside, because everybody wants to believe that their significant other is their biggest fan. Right. Like, if if I write down a sentence, she wants to read it. If I sing a bar, she wants to hear it. I know. Legitimately. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that he's never going to get to see that stuff become real, that I'm never going to get to share with him... You know, yeah, they were my friends and, and, you know, it was at a community theater. Like, I don't want to belittle any of the things that have happened. Right. Sure, it's not on Broadway or it's no, not being no, televised. No, you have, like, you've done really great things. I had a thought and that thought became a real performance. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't get to see it. And yeah. that might be, other than him never getting the chance to meet my kids or my kids never getting to be doted on by him, 
that might be the, one of the hardest things for me to swallow. Right. Is right. That no, I don't no, no, no. I get it. With him. Because I, well, and, and I, I was in streetcar this summer. Right. And my mom never missed a performance. Never missed. Because yep. I was a choir geek. I mean, they 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 chaperoned field trips, huh. and they were the ones. They were the ones that always went. My mom did all of that, and my dad did all of it. My dad always ended up with the bad kids. <laughs> my dad. Oh no, the teachers specifically when we went on field trips and stuff like that, they would specifically give my dad the worst kids in the class, the worst behaved, because my dad is terrifying. Ah, okay. My dad is. T- my dad is a little tiny bulldog of a man. <laughs> and, and, oh no. Oh no. That is terrifying. And, and I had friends that were the worst kids in the class because they hung out with my dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because otherwise they wouldn't listen to anybody. Uh, and my mom always had, we always had our girl, my girlfriends with my mom. So like, and she always had snacks or something along for us to do. <laughs> Because she was the best chaperone ever, but like she chaperoned, they chaperoned every dance Okay. in middle school. Like they did all of that kind of stuff. They were always present. And when I, when I mailed, I got Blanche Dubois this summer in Streetcar, it is one of the most iconic roles for dramas mm-hmm. for females, the most sought after role. Like, and I got it and I played off body type. I am no Blanche Dubois. She's supposed to be frail and and things like that. And I am not. Um, so that was a, a thing that I fought through. Right. And like it was it was a it was a thing. I had to learn it in six weeks. We were in Europe for it was such a it was such a thing. It was oh my god, this summer. I don't know how That is so intense. This this year has been a mess. But like I know she would have been so proud mm-hmm. of me because she was there every time. My dad saw it and he's like, he looked at me, he just cried. Hmm. And like, my dad is a, a terrifying man. <laughs> right, right. And he's just like, oh, Amy, like, he's like, where do you, where, where is this coming from? I'm like, I don't know. It's, I just really like to do it. And I'm really glad that at least he gets to see it. Yeah. But my mom was such a big part of, um, uh, such a big part of that support, and they did everything for me. They really did. My mom made candy for me, and that's how I bought my first car. I sold chocolate covered pretzels and fluffer nutters and chocolate covered animal crackers, and I brought a big bag of it in every fucking day. And I sold it to the kids and the teachers. And then in the, oh, Christmas time, she'd make candy um, and like pumpkin rolls and red velvet rolls and stuff uh, like that. Okay. And I'd have a little sheet. I'd make an order list and I'd go to the teachers. <laughs> That's so good. I'd go I to the teachers it. and they would buy the stuff that my mom would make. And it was never much. It was never, it was not like it was illegal, like tax kind of shit. Right. But like, it was a little, little side gig that we just raised enough money for whatever I was working on. And, um, I bought my first car that way. It was $500. And I sold candy. That's amazing. To get it. And that week was amazing. I bought my first car. I got my prom dress in the mail, and I got my acceptance letter to Susquehanna all in one week. I didn't know what to do with myself. Just celebrate. <laughs> Just I was I was in in <laughs> that was a, that was a week. Um, and and you know what? Something else to say about like when it comes to grief. 
Um, I and this might be a nice way to kind of end the podcast. Uh, is I, I I actively choose joy. Um, the thing is, is I've had a lot of I've had a a really weird childhood, but a happy one for the most part, mm-hmm. as far as home life was concerned. I had a terrible life in school, um, as far as bullying, but I was a good student. And that's a whole other ball. That's of a whole other thing. <laughs> we can talk about that shit. Um, but I've had so many tragedies that have gone through my life just because I had a good childhood for like relationships with my family doesn't mean that my pain is less significant. I've been through some shit and I, and the reason I am so happy is because I actively choose it. All right. I could let all of that shit swallow me up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And some days it does. Some days but it you does. have a you also have a support system, and you have kind of a contingency plan in place for that. Right, I do, and and that's a choice too. Exactly. You cultivate that, and you cultivate that by being kind. You cultivate that by choosing joy. Yep. And that is an active thing to do, and it can be small. It can be oh, coffee out of my favorite mug is is wonderful. I got up this morning. I couldn't sleep anymore. I don't know why I was up at seven o'clock, but I was, my body's just, just waking up at that time. Sure. But I got up and I made breakfast for myself and Ben and I made my Christmas coffee that I always make every day. I make regular coffee, but like I make it special every day. Like I season it Mm. and it's my coffee. And which is why you're not getting the recipe. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's my super <laughs> secret. Maybe it, maybe I will someday. But like I, that's how that's how my coffee tastes. And Ben always has me make it because I make it better. <laughs> <laughs> he's capable, but he's like, it always tastes better when you do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's because I that's because I cheat. <laughs> I make it. I make it taste better. <laughs> but like, it's in my favorite wooden mug, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. I was working on a little project and listening to news this morning, and the sunlight was. I thought you said you were actively choosing joy, listening to the news. I well, I I keep myself (laughs) I keep myself up to date. Right. But like it was a peaceful moment. Right. The sunlight was coming through here in the dining room, and I'm sewing my stupid rugs. Which, interestingly enough, it's doing that a little bit right now as well. Um, And and the orange curtains it makes everything really orange in here. Yeah. I I love my home, Um, but. You know, that was a joyful moment for me, and it was peaceful, and that's like a breath of fresh air. I believe there's a delivery waiting. I need to deliver a Santa suit. Okay. So this is a weird way to break it up. I disagree. I think that the point that you made is extremely valued, valid uh, through grief, choose joy so that you could continue. Always. Always choose joy. And I'll go into that more as we, if we talk about other subjects. Beautiful message. Thanks, Amy. Merry Christmas.